Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's your post-match on the Blue Room as Everton go to Manchester City and come away with something that I think many of us as fans are, are pretty shocked that it happened, to be honest with you. We're pretty shocked that we only conceded one goal. That's not talking ne- negative about Everton, but possibly the way in which uh, we come about getting a point from probably the best side in, in the Premier League, the champions in the Premier League. It's me, Dave Downey, and Peter McFarlane with you um, to sort of quickly discuss what we saw happen at the Etihad. Um, one of the best goals I think we're going to see all season, actually scored by an Everton player, um, and a full, full-out control. I would go as far as saying in the second half, um, in, in terms of us keeping one of the best strikers in the game quiet, for more than forty-five minutes, but Peter, I want to I want to begin by um, by taking a look at the the team that Frank Lampard decided to put out. I mean, with the context of this game, I think so many fans and that, look, I'm not speaking for everybody here, but we're expecting us to come away from the Etihad with nothing. I think for many of us, yeah. myself included, I was looking for quite like particular things that looked as if Everton had actually looked like they've got some bottle within them, looked like they've got um some sort of gumption and 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 you know ability to get results from games because given the way we've been this season, given the way the league table is, was being near the bottom three, it, it felt inevitable inevitable to me. And it still does to be fair because we can't just go a, a bit mad about one game, but um, today Everton showed a lot that I didn't think we necessarily had and I also thought would have been part of Frank Lampard potentially leaving the football club in the coming weeks but the way Everton performed today the team he decided to put out um, he impressed me today did Frank Lampard and let's start off with this back five he decided to play um, Ben Godfrey back as well which many people have, have classed as their man of the match in this one the two typical fullbacks that we have in Mikalenko and Patterson and Cody uh, and Tarkovsky at the bottom three with with, with uh, Godfrey. What did you make when he made that side? Because I think when when managers put out sides like that, Pete, 
you're automatically showing how you are expecting this game to go. You're paying a lot of respect to your opposition. But then the other side of it is, could you could you have feasibly expected Everton to go there if they didn't have five defenders as the back line? No, I think today was, you know, I don't think anyone went into, went into today's game with mm. with much confidence. Certainly after after the Wolves game the other day, I think we were all expecting a bit of a whitewash. And and certainly when City yeah. went went a goal up, I, th- I think I I thought the writing was on the wall. But but um, but certainly, I mean, I, I did. I agreed totally with 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 Lampard's approach to the game. I thought obviously with with the attacking threat that Manchester City have, not just from wide areas, but from midfield as well, with Bernardo Silva pulling the strings. Um obviously, you know, Erling Haaland is just is just on another planet, isn't he? He's 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 one of the best well, if not the best striker in Europe at the moment. Um and he's and he's still only a young mm. he's still only a, a relatively young player, but he's he's just got absolutely everything, hasn't he? So I thought it was it was it was vital for us to sort of pack that box and and to not give them give them too much of a sniff inside the area. And and we did, we limited them and for all their possession and 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 for all of their you know sort of attacking threat within their side, we did limit them um, to very few chances. Certainly in the second half, uh, I thought that we marshaled them incredibly well. Like you say, Ben Godfrey, um, I, I've really enjoyed really enjoyed watching the highlights of the game today. From the uh, in particular with Ben Godfrey on Haaland and the amount of just winding up that he was doing on Haaland. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, I, and you know, there was there was that challenge that Haaland put in on Mikalenko towards the end of the first half. And even though he'd got he got a goal. He was he was frustrated. He was absolutely raging by how much attention he was getting from Godfrey, from Tarkovsky as well, in particular. Um, and 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 he had a bit of a boiling point where you know it sort of boiled over a little bit. He got that yellow card, which he was you know potentially. I've seen them given. I've seen red cards given for that. If you say it's you know two feet off the ground, was it a lunge? It was it was out absolutely. of control. Yeah. I think if there was more contact, I think he's looking at a red card. I think he's lucky that 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 Mikalenko doesn't make more of it or certainly gets out the way of it um because there's minimal contact i think that if there was more contact it's a red card but i think by doing that everton have obviously identified that he for all of his uh his, his amazing attributes you can get in his head and and harland particularly in the second half was was not was non-existent for manchester city and i think a lot of that was to do with just how well we dealt with him in the first half we got him wound up enough to get a yellow card at that point i wouldn't be surprised if pep guardiola took him to one side at half time and said listen you need to calm down um, which probably worked mm. in our favour because what you don't want is a player like him angry and wanting to go out there and 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 kick seven bells out here. So after he got that booking, I think he was uh, he was sort of walking the tightrope a bit and and we saw a, you know a different side to him where he, he was very quiet, didn't really have much influence on the game in the second half. Um, but I think that a lot of that was down to just how well we played and 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 the system that the Frank Lampard imposed on the team today. Yeah, I think that's spot on. I think. That point on on Haaland, I mean, that could be a, a blueprint for for other sides, other managers, other teams. Mm. You've got City coming up soon. They probably look at that and their eyebrows were, were raised quite high when they've saw how Everton have dealt with them. I mean, yeah. the goalie scores as well. I I actually thought it could have been prevented because it goes right through Pickford so close to him. Obviously, he hasn't got a chance when it goes that low and close to his feet. But it, he's he, he gets quite fortunate that. He's hitting it from behind him almost, isn't he? And he's yeah. just he's just making sure it goes on target. It wasn't a finish uh, by any means. And then, you know, like like you say, the, the way in which Everton have handled them, the way in which Godfrey, I mean, it, it was quite funny and you'd love to hear the camera on the way the two of them were talking <laughs> to each other. At times it looked like they were having quite a, 
quite a, a nice laugh together. But then other times it looked like the Godfrey was absolutely pissing him off. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you're absolutely right. I think that that's the key to, and he's an eight kids at the end of the day, you know, people forget this because he is, he's world-class. I love watching him. I think yeah. he's fascinating to watch. I think, I, I don't think we'll see anything, or we haven't seen anything like him in regards to somebody that big who's also that quick. You can't really get that from both. You can't get both of those um, factors from any strikers, really. You know, you look at uh, Mbappe, people are going to talk about, obviously Messi, quite small lads, powerful lads in terms of like the, the quite powerful, but the small in, in terms of the size of them. This fella just looks like he's got absolutely everything. Yeah. For Everton to keep him quiet in the second half was, um, there should be massive credit for us for that. There should be, there's, there's a lot more to take from this, I think, Pete, rather than just the results. Because, you know, you're going to look at the, the Premier League table. We've only got a point from it, but we're by no means in a decent position to be saying, oh, you know, Everton have turned the corner and whatnot. But the, the confidence that team should take from this, each and every one of them. Now, there's, there's the, the two lads that I think ended up with the ones that ended up ended with us getting the points from the game are Cody and Tarkovsky, who I thought were relentless against anybody who come into our penalty area, against yeah. any time we received a cross, a set piece, whatever. Those two were able to clear it. Um, we had an outlet for once with Calvert-Lewin being back. I don't think he did particularly well, but he was there in that position which we've been crying out for since he's been injured. Just somebody who can get us further up the pitch to start with. Um, yeah. and, and and we'll go on to talk about the goal in a sec from Damari Gray because it was absolutely unreal. The the finish, the audacity for him to take it. There are other players running up and I bet you that each of them, they were running up with him like a Wobi. I think Decore was on at the time as well. We're going to be screaming at him to give him the ball. Yeah. As, as soon as he shoots, they're probably fuming with him until it goes into that <laughs> top corner. And then like, oh, yeah, yeah, well done, mate. You're right not to pass me the ball. Um, and I, I just, I, I felt that Frank Lampard is highly justified in his lineup for this. I know we started by talking about that. I think he's um, he deserves a lot of credit himself in this one because... He's uh, rightly so received a lot of flack given that dreadful performance against Wolves. The things he said after that game against Wolves weren't. I don't think they were too intelligent. What he said, and I, th I think he's an intelligent man. He's. Uh, I think he's going to be a top class coach at some point, but he seems a little bit in limbo with certain things. What he likes to choose as manager, um, and obviously his staff are a big part of what he's trying to achieve. Uh, today, though. I, I think, like the others, you know, I think he deserves a hell of a lot of credit for how he lined this up. Also, his body language for me, Pete, as well, he didn't leave the touchline. He didn't go and sit down. You're just seeing him constantly banging orders and um, just shouting things towards the players, trying to encourage them, trying to keep the the, the spirit high enough when you're playing a side like this. And um, what, have you, what have you felt about him, given, I mean, things have changed quite significantly in the last five days, haven't he? Lose to Wolves. Many, many fans are saying, look, it's, he's got to go. We need to get somebody else in. We're only a point above the relegation zone. And then he goes and draw. He goes and gets a point away. Probably the best side in the Premier League or probably the side that goes on and wins it and other trophies this season. Um, bit Jekyll and Hyde, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think... 
one thing that you just you just mentioned there certainly from today is is the body language from Frank Lampard. That doesn't show me the body language of a defeated man. Um, if you look back at some of the managers who we've actually got rid of over the last few years, one that stands out for me in particular was Marco Silva, who seems to be the flavour of the month again, uh, because because Fulham are doing are doing quite well, and you know obviously he's doing a good job there and wishing wishing all the best. But I think yeah. people tend to forget that it sticks Mar- out. That that's such an excellent point you've made there. That actually. It sticks out in people's minds, doesn't it, when you've got a current manager who's doing poorly, but somebody who's been sacked is doing yeah. better somewhere else. Everyone must like I think it might just be a natural feeling for many people. They just think, hang on, why have we got this fellow when the one we sit got yeah. the one we went and sacked to like in the top in the top seven or eight in the Premier League? It doesn't make sense to them. Well, well, I just my my last memory of Marco Silva was always that it wasn't just the, his, his final game. It was his final five or six games. Was him standing on the touchline, absolutely clueless about what to do, with his hands in his pockets and his collar up on his suit jacket, yeah. and he, he looked like a broken and defeated man. Cumin as well. When you look at Cumin, you know, towards the end, of, as, as although he 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 had like that sort of cockiness and self assuredness that he didn't really care about Everton, and he probably thought he was untouchable regardless of how he got on yeah. at Everton. You know, you look at him towards the end; he was looking, you know, dishevelled, and he was, and, and he looked like he looked like a, a, you know, like he was, he had no clue what to do. So you've got to give Frank Lampard credit, and and again, change his formation might have been forced upon him today because of, you know there was, it's been said that. There's a bit of a bug that's gone round the round the squad and a couple I think of. Think I've got like, one of them, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been going around everywhere, hasn't it? Yeah. But um, you know, Anthony Gordon and Yeri Mina um, probably forced his hand because because those two were out with this bug, and I think Tom Cannon maybe as well. Um, so, but but having said that, he's 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 got obviously got the players prepared. We've got a we've got a very good result. Let's not get carried away now. But I I always said about Lampard, I'd I'd really. I judge him at the end of this sort of the three home games. Now we've lost, we've lost against Wolves, which is unacceptable. Um, it was totally unacceptable. Second half performance was was dreadful. It was dire. Um, it was it was you know just not the not the type of performance I want to see from from any Everton side. Today, second half performance couldn't couldn't have been any any difference in terms of the fight and desire. Um, obviously, we're never going to go to Manchester City and dominate a side, but. We did show that fight and determination, which mm. I think we've been lacking, like you said, a lot this season, which shows that he's obviously the players are still fighting for the manager, which is also a good sign. We've now got Brighton and and Southampton at home. Those two games are crucial for me now. If we if we get to the end of that run and we haven't got through in the FA Cup against United and we haven't got any points out of Brighton and Southampton or even three points against Southampton and Brighton at home, mm. I think then you start to look at it and say, right, well, really, it's panic stations now. The problem he's got is that we ha- we obviously haven't got that safety net of having a few points on the board. I would personally like to see Frank Lampard given time. I think that he's been dealt a, a horrendous hand given the fact that we started the season with no forward. We've ended up getting Neil Moore playing. Um, I would assume that probably wasn't his 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 decision and nowhere yeah. near his first choice to bring in. Obviously, you know, with Calvert-Lewin out, he hasn't had his main forward. I feel like some of the players who were actually signed in the summer were signed with Calvert-Lewin in mind. So the likes of, you know, Dwight McNeil, I think, he, you know, he's the type of player who literally gets the ball on the left-hand side and crosses the ball in, or he goes on the right-hand side and cuts in. But he needs a target man. He needs someone to aim at for him, for him to, you know, show his best and and and, and show his full potential. Um, Neil Morpai, probably a player who probably works better off a, a, a you know a target man, someone who you can play off and, and and get get onto those knockdowns. Maybe that's his best attribute. Personally, I don't see it, but maybe that was the idea with him. Obviously, with without Calvert Lewin, uh, we haven't been able to really see the full potential of, of some of the players that we signed. Um, so I think 
I personally am of the opinion that you've got to give him time. When you look at Mikel Arteta, for example, Mikel Arteta was was mm. was written off at Arsenal, absolutely written off. They all wanted him gone. They, they were, you know, if you see, I don't know if anyone watches the AFC TV lads or whatever it's called, you know, that troops and all and all those. Yeah, yeah. They were absolutely calling for his head. They, they were they were slating him, and they kept coming out with this phrase: "Trust the process, trust the process." Now I thought I don't think we've got the luxury of being in a in a comfortable mid-table position where we can sort of, you know, give him too long. But um, I would, I'm of the opinion still that I think the Frank Lampard long-term can do a, can do a decent job for Everton, given the right backing and given the right players. Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned that comment, Jekyll and Hyde, um, just before, and, and that's how I felt towards him, to be honest with you, because there are times I've looked at it and thought, this fella looks like he absolutely gets us. And look, I know that that can be really insignificant for many fans and it can be sentimental for others when we get a manager in. You just want them to love us. You want them to get us as a fan base. You want them to get us as a club. I think Lampard's done that. I think he did it towards the end of last season when when we stayed up for the win over Palace at home. Um, but then there's the other side of that. Um, I look at it and I'm like, What's he really trying to do here? What's what's his achieve? What, what what's he trying to achieve with the team that he's playing? The system he's playing, the tactics he's putting out there, it doesn't. It didn't look to me like he had a plan. Um, yeah. And look, that 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 includes Wolves tonight. Tonight, I'm not saying oh yeah, it's all you know everything's fine now. And um, like you said, it, it it's something that's really positive, and he's he's given himself a little bit of a blueprint, I think. Yeah. And playing five at the back there was again something else that he juggled with a little bit. Things kept on changing. I think some of the other things he's quite guilty of is, yeah, I I couldn't say to anybody if I had somebody who's not an Everton fan who come up to me and said, since you've had Frank Lampard, what squad, uh, what 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 would be his first eleven choice and what positions would he play in? I don't think I could confidently give you an answer, and that mm. that's a big problem when you're coming up to a year. Well, nine, what is he now? 10, 11 months since he joined the club. That's a big problem if you're still waiting that long to find out who he's got. That's obviously with injuries thrown in there, signings and all that sort of thing. Um, the things that we don't know about are Thelwell and him, the relationship they've got, and who, who has actually dictated the signings. Now, that would indicate it is Thelwell, given the job he's come in for. But then if that is the case, I'm thinking, why on earth have we not got a striker in? Had to rely once again on Calvert Lewin being done in because he's been injured, and then yeah. go and sign Neil Mope. I, I've no idea why we signed him in the first place. I'd love it if he come good, but I, I just don't think he's that type of player. He come on today, in fact, and I thought that made it a little bit more difficult to to make sure that we uh, we kept the point that we took from the Etihad. Um, I, it seems to me, Pete, and I don't know whether you think I'm fair in saying this. The, his time at Chelsea, his time at Derby, when he first came to us, I thought that'll put him in good stead. That because he's been at two clubs there who haven't struggled. He's been at two clubs that one is trying to get promoted to the Premier League in the playoffs and Derby, and the other with Chelsea trying to get back in the Champions League, albeit they had the uh, the, 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 the sales banned, didn't they? They had the yeah, yeah, they couldn't sign any players so. It was a really strange way for him to come to a club like us that obviously was struggling post Benitez and we a lot of us felt we were going to go down. Um, I, I think ultimately that's been a long way in me probably agreeing with you now to think 
do you know what? I don't think we could go and get somebody better as the manager. Mm. And I think it's unfair not to give a manager a good amount of time for us to ultimately be able to make a decision about his future. Now, we're only 17 games into this season. It's It's been so strange and unique because of the World Cup break. Yeah. Um, look, we've come back, we've taken one point from our two games. I think the writing's on the wall for the, the game we've got against Brighton. By the way, you mentioned Arsenal there. They've just gone seven points clear under Mikel Arteta, which is a, quite an appropriate time to mention that, given what you just said about their club having to give him time and a process yeah. and whatnot. Um, but now we're at a point, I think, Pete, and rather than carrying on waxing lyrical about how well we did to get a point against Man City, transfer window opens in what with just a few hours now. Um we still don't have we we have a rough idea. I think we have a rough belief, all of us, that there isn't going to be much money to spend at all. He he's bought um Ellis back from Sunderland, which I think is is again raised a few people's eyebrows. Are gonna think, hang on, does that mean he's got to play? Does it mean Tom Cannon's got to play as well now? Um, does this automatically tell us all that there isn't money and we're not able to sign a striker? Those mm. questions need answering very, very soon. Personally, I think if we're still sat here in 30 days' time, still waiting for somebody to come in or we've only had a couple of players in, I think that's when the main concern comes to you towards Lampard and his future and also us staying in the Premier League because this month now coming forward is absolutely essential on what we'll have left um, to, to have to achieve with the rest of the season. It's either A, going to be, you know, backs to the wall, we've got to get points in the bag, we've got to stay in the Premier League or we've been able to get to a comfortable situation where you can then start trying to build towards the end of the season and start thinking, oh, you know what, we're in the mid-table area now. You can experiment with a few things, a few different players, the young lads I've just mentioned there, and then we can look forward to the summer and restart and everything. Um, I don't know where I'm leaning towards, and and I hate to say it because people always bang on about how negative I am, but <laughs> I think we're firmly within the situation where we, we, we this month is going to be crucial. We need to get points on the board, or Lampard will still be... In the, in the red zone of potentially getting sacked. Yeah, I, I mean one th- one one thing that I always come back to as well about when when talking about Frank Lampard or any or any manager, there's no guarantee when a new manager comes in that you're going to get that new manager bounce because at the end of the day, what it comes down to is the players. It, it it comes down to which players are available and which players can play. Now, at the end of the day, if Frank Lampard you know, went into Finch Farm tomorrow and said, right, okay, yeah. we're going to change everything and we're just going to go defensive. We're going to be hard to beat. We're going to do it. We're going to go long. We're going to, we're just going to do that. We're just going to grind out points, grind out results from now till the end of the season. He could probably do that. And I think, to be honest, if the the names that we've been linked with and people are talking about getting like the likes of Sean Dyche or, or David Moyes back and things like that, they're not going to come in and start playing, you know, really attractive attacking football. They're going to go back to basics and, and they're, make they're the rescue type. Sorry, Pete. Yeah. Just, just to double what you said there, that that's about getting managers who are there for a quick fix, get you to stay yeah. up. But I'm not looking at Sean Dyche. And I've had an argument with many people on Twitter about this. Sean Dyche was sacked by Burnley. Yeah. Um, it very start of 2022 and the reason he was sacked was because it looked like they were going to go down He'd yeah. already, he's relegated them in the past I'm not saying he's a bad manager but I'm saying that 
he's he feels to me exactly like Sam Allardyce did if we were to get him in as the manager. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And it feels to me, it feels to me, I feel more. I'll get criticised for saying this, but I, I'd feel more confident that Lampard keeps us up than John Dice. I would, and I, and like I would have said if if Dice kept us up, does that mean we're all sat there to start the next summer up and he gets a. Um, a blank check so we can go and sign players. Absolutely not. Nobody's going to be happy with that. So we, well, don't, the, the, I, I don't think we're at that stage now where we need a quick fix to keep us up yet. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's the thing we've got to. As as difficult as it is, as hard as it is, we've got to try and be as patient as we can. And it's I, I know that you know so you know, I might get people saying to me with ten games to go. Oh, you said back in you know on on New Year's Eve that we should have stuck with them. Yeah. We should have pulled the trigger sooner and all that. Like that might it might happen. I we've might be, be wrong. We've nailed ourselves to the mass there, mate. Yeah. Haven't we? <laughs> but, but in my opinion, like you like you said as well with the with the World Cup and everything, with with the fact that we're only we're not even halfway through the season yet. I, I still think there's plenty of points to play for. I feel like the, the if the players can galvanize, if the players can can show that fight and determination, which they've proven they've got in them today, they've shown that they've got that. What we need to do now, I, I feel like we're, we're we're more comfortable when we're playing when we're on the back foot. I always feel like we're more comfortable with with the option to break. It's it's progressing and being able to take to go on the front foot and actually attack teams. And to, to do that, you've got to have the squad and you've got to have the players. And that's that's where my defence of Frank Lampard will always come back to, is the fact that we just don't have the players in that squad at the moment. And the only option really is to just go ultra-defensive and go for set-piece goals or go for literally on the count. Because we just don't have that creativity in, in, in those players. Now, Ellis Sims coming back, as I said before on Twitter, now I've seen some people sort of criticising and saying it's putting too much pressure on him. There's too much expected of the lad for him to come in and make an impact. In my opinion, he's he's got a free pass because all he has to do is offer more than Neil Neil Morpay. And at the at the moment, Neil Morpay is offering absolutely nothing for that side. Like you like like you said when he came on, he was actually more of a hindrance because Man City were just able to just step right up to the halfway line because they knew he couldn't hit them on you know get get in behind them. They knew all he had to do was get tight to him to take the ball off him. His first touch is woeful. It was it was like going down to ten men for me. Alice Sims comes in and immediately, he, he, you know he he makes more of an impact than Neil Morpay. Um, you know, he's going to be coming in with confidence. He's a big lad. He's a young lad. He's got lots of energy. He's going to want to prove himself. He's going to be hungry. And they're the type of players you want to see on your side. Tom Cannon as well. I don't want to put pressure on him. He's slightly... Now, Ellis Sims is a lot further down the line in terms of development than Tom Cannon. Tom mm. Cannon's been banging him in for the, for the under... For, you know, for the reserve team, for the under-23s, under-21s, and, you know, he, and all the way through the age groups. But he doesn't have that league experience that Ellis Sims has got. Now, Ellis Sims has had three loans now, and he scored goals in each one of those loan loan spells. He's obviously on top form with Sunderland. He's coming in. He'll have the physicality of playing in the championship as well. So he's used to that physical side of the game. Um, I mean, he's coming up to 22, Ellis Sims. If he's gonna, he's not gonna get a, a bigger opportunity and a better opportunity to make mm. it. To, you know, to make an aim for himself at Everton. Um, and I just, I just feel like you know. Sometimes, sometimes you just need that spark, and maybe it is Ellis Sims. Maybe it's someone who comes in in January on the tran- in the transfer window. Um, but but yeah, we, we certainly need something, Dave. And, and as I say, we just need that spark. We need something to just kickstart our season. Yeah, and and you know, if you're like I said at the start, if you're looking ahead to a transfer window and the indications of um, Ellis Sims coming back in, does it indicates that there won't be money probably at all? I would suggest. Um, 
given that you bring back a 21-year-old who's been at Sunderland, you bring them back the day before the start of a transfer window. Doesn't really yeah. indicate that you're going to be out there spending loads of money. They should have had this sorted. They should have had this sorted. Yeah. They, oh yeah, they, but I'm, I mean, I mean, the size of that, mate, is how many times yeah. have we said that before in windows? Um, yeah. You know, we as soon as the summer one closed, every single Everton fan will be looking at, has been looking at each other saying, "Where's the striker? Yeah. Where's the striker we've got?" Whilst we had, um, whilst we had Calvert Lewin out. You know, it's it's not like we were able to say, oh, do you know what? We don't need to get a striker in because we've got uh, Calvert uh, Calvert Lewin's going to be fine. When the I think the evidence was there that he 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 wasn't fit, and how many games it was going to take for for him to get back in important games, games that we should be winning at home against lower lower Premier League sides that we've competed with towards the end of last season. Everton have already made a lot of mistakes. We know that anyway, but this particular season, boardroom level, we see it a lot all over the place, don't we? And rightly so, that many, many fans aren't happy with the way in which the clubs run. Um, you know, if it, if we win Everton um, and that didn't happen with us staying up against Palace, I'd, I'd be sitting here right now thinking, do you know what? That, that board's probably getting everything it deserves. And whereas yeah. us as fans don't deserve any of this, because like how hard it it is to get for people who um, aren't able to get away tickets, Goodison's always sold out. Again, that that comment I made, we we all nail our ourselves to the the mast. We need our colour to the mast, don't we? When it comes to stuff like this, now you get to this position, and you don't have money. Um, I I still can't help but feel quite nervous about what's what's going to come about. But this this performance just just for us to finish on a little bit more of a high. This performance against Man City felt like a Moyes type performance away from home against a top side from old. And um, when we go there and you get it, you get a, a like Kale equaliser and a like Kale winner, and you'd have the backs against the wall. The opposition would have sixty percent possession. Today felt like that. It felt like we went back to the future. And whilst it's not great to watch, you don't want to see us do that at home either, which I think uh, is something that Lampard needs to work out of what way he wants to decide to to show itself to fans when we're at home. Because Wolves was a bit all over the place. It was a mess. Um, you know, he, he, if you'd have played like we did against City, people would be fuming that we didn't have more possession than Wolves and didn't have more opportunities to score goals against Wolves. But that horses for courses approach is what comes back into it when you need points to stay up. So that that that's why I'm looking at this. At firstly, the window, which again I don't think myself many things is going to happen. But this this month of fixtures, um, starting with. Brighton, we've got obviously with the Blue Room, we'll have loads of preview stuff and uh, the weekly shows coming up. Uh, it's that game against Brighton, who've been beaten 4 2 by uh, Arsenal today. But the final thing for us to talk about, Pete, Damari Gray's goal. Oh. Now, when that happened, mate, I was doing falling all over the place. Um, <laughs> actually, could not believe he did it. Um, but a lot of people. And I said it quite rightly, and I've got a friend who's a Leicester fan who said this about him. He's the most infuriating, one of the most infuriating footballers you can imagine. Because he has all the tools. He's really quick. He's got bagfuls of tricks. But there'll be games that you watch him play where you think, how on earth this fella a professional footballer? <laughs> and then today, he got that ball, just drives towards that the, the corner of the box, 
cuts inside, falls over, <laughs> <laughs> and then just whips it. It, it wasn't it, it wasn't one of those where he curls it in. It's where he's hitting like the the meat like of his knuckle, inside knuckle foot. shot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and it, and it just the angle where it comes down. I mean, Edison doesn't even try it, it because it's impossible to save that. It goes that far into the corner. I I didn't believe it happened. When, you know, when one of them goals, <laughs> you you look at it and you see you see the, the net shaking all over the place, and I'm like, you're looking for an offside or anything? Oh, and that's it. That's exactly it. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, it can't be offside. <laughs> you're looking for yeah. any reason for it to be disallowed. Yeah. <laughs> a few more seconds. I'm looking around, thinking, "Hang on, they're all celebrating. It must actually be a goal." <laughs> Um, and we haven't we haven't had a goal like that for quite some time, really, have we? Some, somebody that does that. Um, but uh, again, like many many people have said to me, he, he's he, he epitomizes Everton in many ways. Where we know we have players who who can damage teams, but it just doesn't happen often enough. That today impressed me because he stood up and was countered against one of the, well, probably the best side in the Premier League, and he yeah. made them look silly. Um, so fair play to him, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know what? As well, after his goal, I thought that I thought that he chased everything down as well. He, he, yeah. You know, he put a, he put a tireless tireless performance, and he was he was chasing down every single every single Man City defender. He, there was another one on the on the sort of on the touchline uh, towards the end of the game where he absolutely sprints over and gets a gets a really good blocking, and he looks absolutely dead on his feet, but but he carries on. Um, I think that was again it was that that battling performance that we that us Evertonians love love to see from our players and. You know, we always go back to this, don't we, Dave? That at the end of the day, to please Evertonians, we're not like as 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 much as I'd want to say we we want to win things and we want to we want to we want to win trophies and we want to be winning winning league titles. Of course we do, but the bare minimum we want we want to see from our players is that they give everything for the shirt. And if you if the players show that and they give that to us and they show that they care and they show that they're, they're willing to fight, then we'll back them all day. And as long as you know, but but on the flip side, if a player doesn't show those attributes, we will turn on them because we, we want to show them that's not acceptable. Damari Gray today showed me that he's got that fight left in him. Um and and you know, it, it capped off the performance with with a fantastic goal. Um on par with his his goal against Arsenal last season as well. Yeah, absolutely right. And that again, it's frustrating as much as it is delighting, isn't it? That it, it delights you because you can you know what he's got to do, but how often does it happen? Not often yeah. enough, but thankfully today it got us a point. Um, I, I've got a feeling as well that that'll come to be a crucial point at the end of the season when we're looking back on there uh, how we did. Let's hope it's just about talking. We finished, I don't know, tenth instead of eleventh, rather than seventeenth yeah. uh, instead of eighteenth. But you never know, do you? Um, thanks a lot, Pete. I have to say to you, mate, as a a big part of what we do in the Blue Room, Happy New Year, and thanks for everything on there uh, and uh, in twenty twenty two. Oh, thanks thanks a lot, Dave, and happy new year to you as well. Let's hope 2023 is a, a really good one for you as well. Uh, thanks thanks to you for all the work that you do on the Blue Room. I'm sure every Evertonian listening really appreciates all the work that you do, and, and it's great to see you back on top four. No, oh, thank you, mate. Really appreciate that. And everyone, every I mean, we get so many messages. I I feel like at the end of every show, I have to apologise. We get that many messages. People want <laughs> things to us to mention, things like that. We'll start doing that a hell of a lot more and be a lot more uh, official, uh, efficient doing that <laughs> uh, as it goes forward. But obviously, we've got Brighton coming up in 2023. Let's hope Everton can sort out the home form and make things a little bit more comfortable for us as the uh, as the year starts to progress. But yeah, like I say, I have to thank everybody who just as much as listens to us, gets involved. Our Twitter's always there. The messages are always open. Anything you want to say, 
opinions if you need something mentioned and that's always there we like to be there as a service to help people as well should you need to because we've done a lot of that in the past too um and yeah happy new year to every single person listening to this and uh, yeah we'll be back well probably back tomorrow doing another podcast because we tend to do them every <laughs> single day and uh, yeah we'll speak to you soon up the toffees sports social podcast network with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.